When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The classic rock band Styx headlines the M3 Rock Festival this Saturday at Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland. I spoke to keyboardist and vocalist Lawrence Gowan about the band's biggest hits, including Lady, Come Sail Away, Blue Collar Man, Too Much Time on My Hands, Renegade, and Mr. Roboto. Hey, Lawrence Gowan, hey, thank you so much for joining us on WTOP. My pleasure, Jason. Nice to talk to you today. We're talking because, you know, your legendary group Styx is coming to the M3 Rock Festival at Meriwether Post Pavilion, also a historic spot um, in Columbia, Maryland on, on May 6th. Um, now, I know you guys, Styx is, is headlining the Saturday show with Extreme and Winger and Slaughter and, gosh, Quiet Riot, Lita Ford. Man, that's a lineup. And then Sunday is Kicks Warren and Great White and a bunch. Um, but uh, how cool is it when, when you get to gather, like, all of these these great bands? I mean, I'm sure the crowd that comes out to, to stuff like this is just, like, the most hard hardcore fans that you can imagine they get they get to see all these great bands all in one weekend <laughs> these are always fun they're always fun there's so so few of them in it every year and you got to wait until the weather's nice before you can really do them properly it's, i know it's going to be perfect on may 6th um it's it's a really it's a fun atmosphere both backstage and definitely in the in the audience the great thing for sticks is that a lot of people who are, you know, who are aficionados, let's say that, of, of, of the other bands on the bill. This may be the first time ever seeing Sticks, And, um, you know, it's it's a pretty epic uh, adventure. And it's, it's kind of a great way to initiate uh, those who are maybe on the fringes or, or kind of never had an opportunity to see the band before to finally see uh, what a Sticks show is, uh, entails. Fantastic. And I assume you, I mean, I assume you have to uh, tailor or maybe shorten the set list compared to like when it's just a stick, you know, solo show on, on you know, like a stadium show or something like it. I get, I get, cause when you're trying to get shuffle so many bands on and off like a Woodstock or something, like how does that affect, you know, your, yeah. your approach with the set and everything? It, it really, you know, you, you try to, <laughs> you have to go by how the day unfolds. If things, if things stay on time, you know, we'll likely play about an hour and a half or a bit more than that, maybe even if depending on how smoothly things uh, unfold. Uh, I think that, um, you know, I think we're the, I think we're the last act on in the day as, as I understand it. So I think, I think there'll be, there'll be plenty of time to, to, to roll out all the, all the stick songs that people would, uh, would expect to hear Renegade and Come Sail Away and Grand Illusion and Blue Collar Man, et cetera, et cetera. The list is very long in the, uh, in, in that regard. So, uh, it, no matter what happens, it will be an epic adventure. I can guarantee that. Oh yeah. And I'd love to go through some of the, the hits that you mentioned, but real quick first, like, I want to know, like, uh, if I'm doing the math, right. I mean, I guess the band formed in 72 in Chicago, but Correct. I guess if, if my math yeah. is right, I guess, well, you would have been about what, like 16, I think your prime teen rock out years. <laughs> were you, were you, a, were you a huge fan of the band? I long before you even joined. 
I was, I, I was, I was a fan of, of progressive rock. Right. And, and sticks was the first band that I'd noticed that, that was doing, you know, a, a very heavily progressive rock influenced anyway, but they were not British. They were American. And that was, that's what kind of set them apart. And so that's when I started really being interested. And then we, I'm, I'm from Toronto, uh, Canada. And, and that's when I first heard Lorelei and the crystal ball on the radio. And then I had realized that Sweet Madame Blue was a, was a big hit in Quebec. So I knew of the band, but I never, we never crossed paths really until 1997 when we did a couple of shows together in Montreal and Quebec City. And then in, in 1999, I, I joined the band. And so now I'm in the 25th year of my, uh, my tenure with Sticks. And I've, uh, so I've been with the band for half its existence now. That's really, really cool that, yeah, you can claim. And the more time passes, you'll be able to say over half of its existence. So there you go. Um, well, we'll, we'll, if the gods of rock keep smiling on us, yes. Yes, please keep smiling. Uh, well, <laughs> I, and I know you weren't there in the beginning. You were sort of started just as a fan listening like the rest of mm-hmm. us. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm sure the, the the guys have passed down the story. Like, how, real quick, like, how, how did the group actually get together in, in the original for that first subtitled uh, debut album? Did, have you, Is there like a short, condensed version of how they came together? Well, from my sticks history class, Jason, it was that um, <laughs> Chuck Panazzo and his, his twin brother, John, were the, were the rhythm section of drums and bass, Dennis DeYoung, uh, the three of them formed the band with a, a guitarist named John Serluski. And apparently they got tons of gigs. They mostly played cover material. But uh, when James Young joined the band, I believe that was in uh, 1971, could be 70, 71, uh, suddenly they started playing more original material and they finally got a record deal on a, on a small label around in the Chicago area called Wooden Nickel. And they put out about four albums over the course of, you know, from 72, 73, 74, uh, before they actually had, the, before something actually stuck with the, with radio, and that was Lady. And from that point forward, the band just, uh, you know, exploded, and, and uh, John Serluski left the band after the fifth album, Equinox, and Tommy Shaw joined. And that's, uh, that's, that's you know, where the, where the lineup was for, for the, the, the biggest albums of the classic rock era that they, that they made and then uh as as years went on and decades went on the band you know forged a new identity with uh with uh, my inclusion in the in the group awesome awesome and to- and i should also mention todd circuman of course on drums uh ricky phillips on bass and, and the latest member is um is uh, willie vankovich who's also a producer of our last two albums so that's that's a pretty um yeah. reader's digest version of the last 52 51 plus years well done. Im- impressive. <laughs> but yes, like Not you're bad. saying, slight, slightly different lineups over the years, but the same great hits. And so you could probably, you know, even if you weren't there for the the, the initial quote writing of the songs, you know, you can speak to some of these big hits, uh, at least in terms of like how fun yeah. it is to play them or, and, you know, I'm sure you know a bunch of trivia about them oh, as yeah. well. So let's, uh, I'd love yeah. to hit a couple of them while, while, while you're here. Um, yeah. So I guess, um, I think you mentioned it, um, the, I guess off of Six Two, the second album in 73, uh, the famous power ballad, lady and with the second i say that i just hear whoa 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 in my head um it's uh <laughs> does the audience just sing along to the whoa 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 and why is it so fun to play live still to this day you know the audience it's hard to get them to stop singing along to any stick songs they're great <laughs> melodies and great you know they're, they're very relatable lyrics people can see themselves in the narrative of these songs and that's that's part of what i think is the is the appeal of it uh you know and and that's now we're at a point we've you know it's begun to happen in the last well over the last decade now 
or younger and younger people uh, keep coming to the shows. And I mean, half the audience on any given night can be under 40. So they weren't even born when the biggest sticks records are made, but they relate to them as if they're concurrent with their lives, you know, and they, they're the ones that seem to be the most readily, uh, you know, is set to embrace the latest material that we've done. I mean, last year's, uh, our album Crash of the Crown last year came out and went to number one on Billboard's uh, rock album chart. So that that's, that just shows that a band that's been in, in existence for half a century has had a long, long-standing connection with uh, with a very wide variety of uh, of audience members, and that's just a beautiful thing to uh, to, to witness from the stage. Oh, yeah, because the new generations, they hear all these songs, like classic <clears throat> rock radio with their parents or whatever, yeah. or, you know, like every yeah. Memorial Day, Fourth of July weekend, there's always these classic rock station countdowns and you stick, there's a million stick songs that always make make the, the rounds on there. So, of course, new generations keep coming out. Um, well, what I'd like to do is, you know, I'd love to like throw out a couple song titles and you can give me some good. You know, yeah, go ahead. Um, I mentioned Lady. Why is Lady fun to play? Lady is well. First of all, it's got a piano intro that I really think is is, is beautiful, and that uh, so I get to kick off the song in that way. But I love the way that it segues from a from a piano ballad into a real rocking uh, piece of music. It's got that, um, uh, that that sort of classic sticks uh, trajectory to a song, which starts kind of ballad like, and then and then suddenly transforms into a into a rock piece. And and it's one of the only rock songs I know that uses a bolero style beat uh as the song you know reaches its uh, its climax so it's it's tons of fun great harmonies throughout awesome i'm gonna try to go chronologically <laughs> here as fast as we can go ahead. uh on the yeah. seventh album grand illusion was huge with fooling yourself but let's talk about let's talk about come sail away because i i love yeah. uh, how how sort of the story progresses you know you you think they're angels but to their surprise they climb on the starship head for this guy but uh is it the storytelling or what about that one makes that one such i feel like that's a lot of people's entry point to finding sticks yeah, I think Come Sail Away is often the first song they, they, they become aware of. It's, it, first of all, it, it follows, uh, it's got that progressive rock uh, sh- shape to it in that, it, again, it starts as a piano ballad, but then as it opens up, it, it turns into a rock song, and then it goes, in, it goes through a whole uh, instrumental section that, that really kind of carries the listener into a, another realm entirely. And when the song concludes and comes back to the chorus, as you mentioned, it's... Um, Suddenly we realize it may not be a, a, a seagoing vessel that we're talking about, but actually something that is uh, carrying us <laughs> to be through the galaxy and beyond. So I love the I love the scope of the song that it's 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 in every way it's larger than life. And it's 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 an uh, it's an invitation to a great adventure. And people want to you know people just want to jump aboard and, and be part of the song whenever we're playing it. Awesome, awesome. All right, moving right along. Uh, Blue Collar Man off of Pieces of Eight and 78. Uh, what is that opening synth sound, that instrument, that sort of, you know, da 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 it hits you right from the start and doesn't let go. What is that? That song, Blue Collar Man, starts with a classic B3. It's a Hammond B3 organ. It's mm-hmm. very heavily distorted. And uh, it, uh, you know, Tommy Shaw wrote that song and he said that that, that rhythm, that uh, 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 uh. He said he got the idea for that rhythm uh, uh, when he was on a, a uh, he was on a motorboat, <laughs> and the motor kept kind of cutting out and going. Uh, 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 uh. He just liked the rhythm of it, and he kept it in mind. And so he, uh, when he had that that lyric, I think the the, the real charm of Blue Collar Man is it's such a relatable lyric. Everyone can relate to that. Just the uh, 
the nobility of of work is actually something that that everyone has i think in them uh, somewhere and and kind of drawing your your own self worth or your own self esteem from from being proud of what you can what you can do and and when humans are denied that it, it's it's a it's a terrible frustration so blue collar man sings about that and gives people gives voice to that uh, to that notion and, and I, as you mentioned that that classic opening is uh, it just grabs them immediately. It's usually very early in the set. Oh, yeah, I, it is. It must be. That's one you can't leave off the set, I'm sure. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. All right. Keep, you're doing great. No. Keep it going. Offers Cornerstone. Uh, there's, of course, Babe, which is a great ballad. But tell me about um, Renegade, of course. that I mean, that is a lot of people's favorite. And I love how it starts sort of slow with the, oh, mama, fear for my life. Sort of like yeah. a, it's like a great out, outlaw anthem before it just kicks up with like a, a, a scream. You don't hear just like a yeah in a song very often. Yeah. But talk about that. Must no. just, is that so fun? Uh, Renegade is my favorite stick song to play. It's usually uh, towards the end of the night, if not at the very end of the night. And it, it is, it's amazing. Tommy Shaw sings that song. So I, I get to really observe the audience during Renegade. It's, it's an anthem for, for a lot of people. It just is that, that feeling of rebellion that, that you, that you're on the run and, and you're going to get away. Uh, you're going to make it. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, you know, there are the NFL football teams. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers use it usually every fourth quarter. Uh, it's been used in, in so many uh, cultural references to it. Um, the, the, the show Ozark in their final season, that was the, that was the song that kind of kicked off the whole, uh, yeah. the, the whole final season of, of that show. Uh, and I think, and also, is, um, didn't uh, San Adam Sandler, what was that? Was it Mr. Deeds? They're, they're singing it like in a helicopter in the beginning or something. There's a ton of references. Yeah. There, there, uh, that, I mean, Adam Sandler's used it several times. Big Daddy, the movie, you know, references sticks all the time. But <laughs> Renegade is a song that, that I've seen having played around the world. It's amazing how different audiences are at the beginning of a show. If we're in Japan or Sweden or England or America or Mexico or Canada, audiences can be very uh, intrinsic to their to their area you know when the when the show first starts by the time we get to renegade it's amazing how alike how pretty much identical audiences are they're all you know big smiles on their faces arms in the air and just basically you know going through the chorus of that song and and you know they're, they're standing there elated and wanting more so that's that's what renegade means to me when whenever we get a chance to play it which is every single show 
Oh, it, it is like yours. Yeah, it might be my favorite of yours. Like, I'm sure a lot of people would agree. All right. Paradise Theater yeah. album in 81. We're into the 80s now. Of course, the best of times yep. is a big hit. But I want you to tell me about um, too much time on my hands. I love uh, talk about how it's so unique how you do the um, what is it? 12 o'clock news blues. Just the way they hold, yeah. the note, hold the notes. Um, um, I don't know. What musically can you tell me about it? I mean, yeah, like it's it, it just it is such an upbeat number. It is. So that's a Tommy Shaw song and Tommy sings that, of course, it's got a great uh, synth bass line. That's, that's very, very hooky. He said, he, he has mentioned, I, I was asking about the reading the writing of that song. He said, basically he made it up in his head on the way to the studio. He had a couple of hour drive back when they were making that album, he was living in Michigan and having to drive into Chicago into the studio, but he had that bass line in his head. And then the idea of, of just having, you know, Having I, oh, and I know it was it was the last song added on to the uh, Paradise Theater album, and, and so it was a little bit of a eleventh um, uh, hour kind of addition. And I, I think I think he I think he was in, a, in in of the mind that he had plenty of time to come up with with that song, and and here here he was he hadn't come up with the the kind of the rock uh, anthem of the of the of the record, and then at the eleventh hour he just thought. I guess I had too much time in my hands all along, you know, and, and now I've, I've kind of, fr I've kind of frittered it away. And he came up with that song and he talks about going into the studio and then, you know, basically calling out the parts to everyone. And then uh, it just kind of coming together very, very quickly. That is one that the audience is always, I mean, the, the, no one's ever in their seats by the time we kick off that song, just the way the, the clocks unwind and then suddenly you're into that, that catchy. Uh, synth bass that uh, that gets everyone up. I love it. I love it. All right, and then of course my listeners would kill me if I don't at least hit on Kilroy was here. Uh, don't let it end. Hi, yeah. I'm so many, but I want I want to get your reaction on Domo Arigato, Mister Roboto. It's such a almost like a time capsule of of the early '80s, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It's a song that you know. It's funny. It it was such a considered back then by a, a, a number of people as kind of a kitschy song, a very different song for the band to do. And now it's, it's withstood the test of time. And it was a very prescient song. It really predicted a lot of what our lives have been over the past 40 years, <laughs> you know, where technology pervades everything, but it's a fun song to sing. I, I get to sing that one because I love having the, the kind of the rock theater of, of having a secret that you want to reveal to the audience. And, and it's that's uh, a, a kind of a dangerous secret. And it's, you know, it's the first kind of their foray into techno kind of uh, uh, set music. So it's very, very uh, sequenced and synthesized. And, and it really stands in contrast with a lot of the, the straightforward rock songs that, that sticks have. But when we play it live, it's, it's done a little bit heavier than it is done on the record. The guitars are kind of, uh, you know, are cranked up a lot, a lot stronger than they were on the original recording. But the song itself is, as I say, very, it, it's kind of become a timeless classic now. It really has. It really has. So thank you, uh, Mr. And that, and, and quite honestly, that expression, Jason, that, that expression of Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, you know, that's, that's pretty well known worldwide. Yeah, and it, and it translates to thank you, right? Thank you, Mr. Robot. Thank you very much. Thank, <laughs> thank you very you much, much, Mr. Robot. Yes. Well, thank you very much for not being a Mr. Robot and bringing so much human element to this interview. And I know we're sort of tied on time. So um, I guess sort of, um, how about from your tenure with the band? Because I know lead singer Dennis DeYoung, what, left? 
he left for the first time in like 84, but came back and then left again. There's been a yeah. lot of different shufflings of, of the lineups. Um, what's your take yeah. on, I guess, on, on, I guess his departure, but also sort of the, I was going to say the new era, but like you said, it's like been 25 years now, but I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So I want to sort of end with how, how you, how you, the band sort of evolved and, and since, since your time being with them for Cyclorama and all the rest. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a fact of life that 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 the, the real world will often step in in a band's existence, and and there can be backstage dramas that that cannot uh, be resolved, at least to to any sort of uh, degree where everyone's happy with the outcome. I, I suppose that's just a reality of life. I've seen bands go through changes and and not be successful at it, but I've seen other bands go through what seemed like impossible changes and actually thrive and i mean I, the first time i w witnessed that was with genesis when peter gabriel stepped down i thought well that's the demise of that band and then i found out about a guy named phil collins <laughs> and then years later of course with van halen there was you know david lee Roth was such a central figure in that band but sammy hagar came in and people loved what he did and so it's been done successfully over the course of time and with sticks you know all i can say is it really is up to the up to the listener as to whether they think it has thrived but I, in the time that i've been with the band there first of all there have only been 10 members since the very beginning for a band that's been around over half a century that's quite remarkable quite yeah, honestly that's pretty good yeah very good. At, yeah it is a pretty good average when you when you think when you look at it that way but the, the, over the past 25 years we've continued to you know year in year out we've been in the top 50 grossing acts of the year you know for for ticket selling for uh audience you know uh the the faithful keep coming back and wanting more and more and i mean last summer's tour was the biggest was the biggest selling tour that we've ever done since the band the, the band's uh very beginning according to all the agents and all that keep track of those kinds of numbers really what's happened is the spirit of the band has really survived i, I can say that only because i see it on the audience's faces they really they really do enjoy every bit of music that's come out of, the, of, of sticks over all these years. And we are the culmination of the efforts of everyone who's ever been in the band. So we really, we really are the, you know, we're the epitome of, of, of what, what 10 individuals have, have contributed to this band over a span of, of over half a century. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the examples of like Genesis and Van Halen. And, you know, there's there's so many yeah. examples. Well, there's some that are forced through, you know, tragic means that keep going, like, you know, uh, ACDC doesn't right. have its original lead singer there. They That's just right. cranked yeah. it up a notch. Um, I don't know. That's right. Queen's going yeah. with Adam Lambert and Journey's got a new front man. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's still fun to go see all these bands and in, in all their iterations. So, hey, do you in the final seconds here, I know you got do you think we'll ever get sticks in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Like, what do we got to do, man? I mean, come on. I I don't know. I, I I I have a feeling it will happen sometime. Uh, I it's it's it. I think they well deserve it. I would be really happy for everyone if if that were to happen. But honestly, we're so busy, we really don't have much time to think about it. <laughs> Yes, who really cares? It's all yeah. about the live music, but I just personally think you deserve to get in. Uh, the body of work oh, speaks be great for itself, you know. All right, be great well, it Lawrence Gowan, thank you so much. Uh, Sticks is coming to the M3 Rock Fest at Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland on May 6th. Uh, uh, the headliner on Saturday of a two-day event is going to be great. So, hey, thank you so much for taking the time with us. My pleasure, Jason. Looking forward to seeing everyone in, uh, in Maryland, and it's going to be a great, that M3 Rock Festival is going to be a great day. All right, sounds good. Talk to you later, man. Okay, cheers. Thanks. Bye, Bye now.
Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.